0: Like a Samantha, Sabrina kind of witch, or like the ones that run around in the woods, you know, with their boobs out sacrificing things? Wait, they do? I I need to watch some witch movies.
1: Welcome to the Two Authors Chat Show, an entertaining podcast with two best selling authors connecting readers with an eclectic array of distinguished guests through lively conversation and interviews. Hosted by mystery, suspense, and thriller writers, Douglas Pratt and Nicholas Harvey. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello, Doug. Hello, Nicholas. <laughs>
0: How are you today?
1: I'm good. I'm going to flaunt this at the, the rest of the country because I'm in the uh, California sun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, today's actually like 60 here in Memphis, so it's actually pretty... So, of well, that's
1: not nearly as much fun. you're supposed to say it's miserable and cold and uh. Uh,
0: it's gonna get cold and miserable. but today's today's a little reprieve from all of that. Gotcha so.
1: Gotcha. It's been lovely here. We, we actually went I gave myself the afternoon off on Sunday and uh, we went down to Dana Point and to um, Salt Creek Park and sat in there had a picnic and uh, ah, watched the surface in the ocean true. and looked at Catalina and there was a bunch of boats offshore. 'Cause the Orcas uh, have been hanging out offshore here, which is bad news for the dolphins. <laughs> the orcas don't eat dolphin free tuna. They eat dolphin. <laughs>
0: so, uh it's tough on them, but sound like a football match or some sort. Like I don't watch football, you know, so yeah. it's all exciting and everything, so we we'll just talk about the <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, you just ha- you just had a book out this week too. How's your How's Heck your Lighthouse yeah.
2: Point? Yeah,
1: Lighthouse out? Point came out? came out. It's done. It, it launched really well for me. Yeah, launched That's really awesome. well. Yeah. So really happy. With I it.
0: just I've just started it, and because I'm cramming for a deadline myself, it's been I haven't gotten very deep into it, but I'll, I'll I'm gonna get reading on it. So far, I'm enjoying. Cool. It. But I always do because AJ Bailey is just she's my book crush.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's pretty cool.
0: We got a question? We do have a question, and it is from your neck of the woods, somewhere, not in California, but where it's probably cold and rainy in the UK.
1: Well, that covers uh, 11 months out of the year in the UK.
0: (laughs) Yes. From Lily, who's probably, like, she's probably sitting here listening to you going, about raving about your sunshine. (laughs) She would like to know, if you had to write in a different genre, not in the one you're currently one or adjacent, what would you choose and why? So I guess, like, because we write... Kind of action thrillers, yeah. Just take out mystery thriller. You are not writing in mystery mystery suspense
1: thriller is pretty much off the table, right? So let's think. Wow, sci fi. I'd love to write sci fi. Actually, I I would love to write sci fi, and I think this would be my mistake because I think I could probably write a pretty good sci fi book. And it's such a clicky tropey genre. I would get it all wrong, And, and it would get panned. I bet, but it'd be fun. To invent all that stuff,
0: I I will say I actually have a sci-fi series that does nothing. It's under a pen name, so everybody's out there looking for it. It's JP Douglas. JP, I didn't even know that. That's that's how well you hide it. I didn't even know it. It's not that it's embarrassing. I actually had a lot of fun writing it. It just doesn't sell at all. So I was like, I couldn't couldn't keep doing it. It's it's kind of, but it was fun to do. So I'll take that one off the board as well. I think I would probably have to say if I. If I could write in anything, I mean, come on, romance. Like. <laughs> I just,
1: I just couldn't do it. I don't think I can do it.
0: Oh, I don't know. Something like a Nicholas Sparks kind of a. I mean, like yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Not, not like, not like something some steamy and sexy, but just you know, nah, I can do good, that. sweet, you know, high school romance, small town feel. I could probably squeeze something like that. Something like a hallmark. Something like Jillian Dodd does, or you know, I you know, don't know. I can do that. I don't know if I could do sports oh. romance, but I could. I could squeeze out something like that. I'm very happy with where I am, so I'll probably stay where I am. All right.
1: So look, look out, people.
0: Doug's me writing a sci-fi romance next week. Sci-fi romance. Oh, well, the sci-fi romance is sci-fi erotica with the tentacles. Oh, don't yeah. get started on that there again. You know. Hey, so this week we have New York Times and USA Today best-selling author. She's a really awesome lady. Uh, she's mystery, thriller, suspense. She writes kind of cozies and, I mean, a little bit of everything. She's so talented. But Miss Cheryl Bradshaw... And welcome to the show, Cheryl. Uh, Glad to have you with us. And congrats. I think you have a new release just came out yesterday, right? Uh, Yes.
2: I have a a novella and it's the sixth book in my Seven Deadly Sins, kind of a slow Monroe spinoff series that just released. So that's been really fun to have a release last month and then another one this month. Good start to the year. Rapid release. (laughs) You're (laughs) hammering them (laughs) them out. I'm better with that, honestly.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, give us a quick background for everyone that's listening uh, on how you got into writing and uh, uh, a little bit about your career.
2: I wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to get into writing novels and writing mystery. I've said I was going to do it for years, but the way it all started is that I had a blog for aspiring writers and I would write, I would invite on the most famous traditionally published authors that I could get to come on. And just all they had to do was give their advice on what they would tell writers just starting out, which was great advice for them and also for me as I was writing my first book. And so through that, I made some friends here and there in the business, in the trad world and in the indie world. took me a year to write my first book after I spent a year researching how to write mysteries and write them well and then just kind of went went from there and here we are what was 2011 many years later
1: (laughs) you actually did it intelligently you like researched it and looked up how to do it I didn't, I just sat down and started Writing what I decided and then Then I started looking up like how long is this Supposed to be, I don't know, I,
0: I googled it yeah. she, see, she's a woman She's smarter than we are well, right off the bat of that. That's a given, so, that's a given I mean,
2: A woman with OCD, <laughs> so. with
0: OCD You know that, I, I do find That that helps, I mean like Nick is loaded With OCD so he's really, really organized I am not, so I'm like all over the board Like a pinball, so so it it does it does seem to help
1: i have surprise attack ocd so it, it it's nowhere to be seen and then i get buried in something and then it jumps in like a freaking ninja and, and i realize i'm in complete in
0: a mess and then it
1: takes over for a bit
2: i know what that's like completely
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you find like we we joke about these rabbit holes that we fall into like do you get into these research rabbit holes where you'd be like oh i need to research you know how to how to kill somebody with a knitting needle, and then you go on for like. Suddenly, you're into this whole subreddit on, and you're like, "Holy cow! I didn't know they made these kind of knitting needles." Yeah,
2: I feel like some things that I research mostly for for accuracy purposes, because you don't. We all don't want the dreaded email that's like, "I'm, I'm actually." In the FBI and you know, so they, you right. know. yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually did get an email from someone from the FBI and I was panicking, but she said that everything I'd written was perfectly the way they would have done it. So I was like, oh But I do think when I go down a rabbit hole is when I start researching something that's fascinating to me, and then I want to just spend the rest of the time like finding out more about that topic. It's usually something uh, to right. do with uh, forensics. Uh, and and I can just I could read about that stuff all day long
1: I have a question for you then so when you're writing and you come across something that uh, you need to look up do you like write placeholder there or check this or do you immediately have to go look it up before you can move on
2: a lot of times I will look it up because I'm a panther so I don't plot out my books I just in off the cuff, whatever I sit down and whatever the characters want to say and wherever they want to go. Well, that's where we're going. And so I will stop most of the time, unless I have the rest of that chapter all figured out in my head. And I'm worried if I go away from it, I'll lose it. Then I will finish it and then go back.
1: Okay. And you are full pants. Like you don't write in, you don't plot anything out. You don't make any notes. A hundred percent.
2: I think about, um, the first chapter, and i pretty much have an idea of what i want to happen in chapter 1 and i have no idea what's going to happen after that and a lot of times in my books i will also change the murderer at about 80% in and go well you know what now now that i've read over the whole thing i actually think this would be much better than what i had originally thought that i was going to do and that that's pretty fun it it keeps it really surprising for for the readers and they like that 'Cause they love not being able to figure out who done it in the end.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I g I gotta right, jump well, in. Yeah, that's the same question. Yeah, so, it's the um... same one. I'm in the middle of it, right? So I'm going. it's happening right now with the book I'm writing right, right now, which is a secret no one knows about. And uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: <laughs> terrible at keeping secrets. <laughs> well,
1: well it's not like anyone listens to this. We're good. So <laughs> So do you get like, do you start the book and you've got this idea, like, and at the end, you know, who's, you've got a bad guy figured out and everything else. And then you switch and that bad guy is not a bad guy anymore. And it's somebody else that did it. Have you done that?
2: I'll usually make that person somebody that's a person of interest, but leave it sort of open to where I can change it if I need to. And then I'll just go back through and like, make the changes that need to be changed, you know, changed to make certain people look more or less guilty. If I, you, you know, just whatever works for the book. And I, I actually had a reader who just told me she's read every single thing I've ever written. And there is only one book. She figured out who it was before the end. And I was, that is the goal. Is it not?
0: That is good. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. So then I have to, I have to ask, so I, I I'm working my way into being more of a plotter. But I still i mean I was a panther for a long time, and um I would often find that I would write myself to a point where I'm like, i don't what am I doing now like i've got I've got a mountain, you know <laughs> I put him in another situation that I didn't think about how to get him out of, you know? And so how many times do you find yourself like just backing yourself into a corner and going, all right, now I got to fight my way back out of it.
2: It, When it happens, it always happens in the middle of the book. Yes. yes, The dreaded middle. I will, the middle is, I, I wish I could say to someone else, write the middle. I will write the first and the end. Once I get past that point of confusion where I'm, trying to figure out, okay, well, is this person the best one for the murder? Is this one the best person? Should I change my mind? Once I get past that and I have a clear direction, I write the end of the book faster than anything else. I just have to get past that murky middle, you know. but I do have points where I have to just take a break and maybe go do business stuff and think about it and figure out how to dig myself out, as you're saying. It's exactly like that.
1: Okay. I've got another rabbit hole question. So this happens to me all the time. When I first started writing, I used to, uh, in my first few books, write the first bit of it, I'd be about 20,000 words in and I know I'm going to end up about, or I want to end up about 70. And I'm looking at it and I've sort of plotted out a little bits and pieces in it. And I'm looking at it going, I have no clue how I'm going to turn 20,000 words into a whole book at 70,000 words. And it happened for the first five or six books. I'd have this mini panic around the, around the sounds same stage. So then I got over it. And now I just ignore that little panic. And now I know that I have to target, if I want to write 70,000 words, I have to target 60,000 words because as I get towards the last third of the book, all of a sudden it starts running away. And, and you know how those we all talk about it writes itself, you know? It gets galloping. So as a pure pantser, do you find those things happening?
2: <laughs> I, that's one thing.
0: She's better. <laughs> She's like, I'm good. I don't have that problem at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> you are idiots.
2: I have a lot of other problems, areas that I don't think I'm great at compared to other authors. But that's, that's an area that, that I've always been all right with pacing. So, and and I kind of, but I do, I will say I do the same thing as you. I try to get it to the 50 something thousand word. And then because I know when I do the last read-through, I'm going to add a minimum of 5,000 because then I have the whole story. The whole story is now finished. I now understand what the whole story is and I know what needs to be filled in a little bit better.
0: I gotcha. How how long does it take you to do that final read-through then? Do you like just sit down and read it all the way through or, or do you? more meticulous about it so.
2: again with the OCD it takes me longer than it should <laughs> I am line by line I feel like I'm, I'm my own line editor when I'm in that zone if something needs to be filled with or play with I do it for way too long sometimes but I also am on deadlines with editors and so forth and so I can't allow myself to stay in that zone for too long or it's just never going to get all the way read through so they're long days but they're fun days so now
0: you also just you just moved back from uh, Australia, did you I not? I did. So I've been back for about three weeks, so yeah. Back on a closer time zone, so we were like trying to figure out how to.
2: I meet know with you your, it was really across yeah. the world. It's, I'm right now. I'm in <laughs> I'm in my parents' house in Silver Reef, Utah. It's like an old mining town. Uh, really really cool oh, out here. It. Cool. It's beautiful. Like deer walk around the backyard, and we've got a whole bunch of uh, wild turkeys. There's a posse of those. There's about twenty five of them. I just sit here. You can't see because you're seeing into the kitchen, but and I watch out the window while I'm working, and all kinds of stuff just crazily goes by—snakes, what have you. It's great.
0: Jan last week picked up the camera and walked us around like, like she was nuts. I was like, "Oh wow, that's like yeah." She was showing us all her deer that it's she's crazy trained. Yeah,
2: so. I'm here in their so in their Utah house, and because uh, it's just empty and uh, they don't really live here anymore, and they're in their Arizona house, so it works out perfectly for doing a podcast quietly. <laughs> <Simon>. <laughs> oh yes
1: <laughs> so what took you to Australia you've uh, are you from California originally I believe
2: I am um I was born in Covina but I was raised in a little town most people have never heard of called Tehachapi so that's Southern California kind of in between mojave and Bakersfield <laughs> mountain town I'm mean
1: uh, I'm in orange county right now so oh, uh, yeah. I, I, my wife and i've lived in this area for most of the time I've been in America most of the time, not all of it, but
2: yeah. Okay. I went to Australia. It was a bucket list thing for me to go to another country by myself with no one else. And I'd never done that before. I'd been to other countries, but not alone, but I didn't want to go crazy and go somewhere where I couldn't, if I got mixed up with language and couldn't talk my way through it. So I kind of made it. I was, I, and, and I had a friend at the time who said, I know exactly where you need to go. You need to go to Cairns, Australia. It is the Great Barrier Reef. It is the rainforest, both within 15 minutes. So I went and then I just kept going back and kept going back. And then I made a whole bunch of friends over there. And I've just been going back and forth. I have been going back and forth for five years. But uh, over the, like the, really the the novelist ink to the 20, the last of the 20 books conference between September and November, I had been... Thinking it was probably time for me to come home. So here I am.
1: And uh, so did Ke- you do some diving? Y- yeah, yeah, diving. We're both yes, divers. We're gonna so, diving, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So- I- Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> All my friends are divers, and I did take some lessons. But I, the, my very last one, my equipment malfunctioned, and that it was sort of like a fight or flight situation, and I freaked out. So it, it, I got a little nervous to dive after that. But I got, I did get past it. And on that, on that same dive, a uh, minky whale and her, what do you call the like the baby one? Cough. Okay, tough, yeah, tough. that's right. Swam right in front of us, like right in. I could. Oh. Almost- that's
0: sense. cool it was amazing
2: yeah. i i've seen things over there that i i'm sure i'll never see again just amazing
1: really cool that's pretty awesome yeah it's i haven't i've been to australia and i've been diving there but down by the gold coast which is still is tropical waters but not not like the barrier reef so uh one day we'll make it over there and, and
0: uh go diving there
2: oh yeah you'll love it
0: i've never been my sister lived in australia for a little bit but I, i've i've never been i need to it's on my bucket list Oh, as well, it, so. it
2: is fantastic. You need a tour guide? You go to Cairns. <laughs> all
0: right, let's go. All right, I'm ready. To, I can, we can book this trip now. I mean, we can all, you know. Uh, Cheryl's probably like, I'd like to stay here for at least a minute before
1: I go back. <laughs> we're writing a uh, series together and it's missing in, the first one was missing in the Keys. The next one's missing in Zanzibar, which we're, we're writing at the moment. And so we keep thinking about where are we going to go missing next? We've got to do research. So maybe missing in Australia. That would be,
2: yeah. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually worked out. So at the time, I, I was just starting my new series, but I was phasing out my original series, which is the very first series I wrote. And I did set two books in cans. And it was really fun, except you have to go through all the loopholes of not using any weapons like, no weapons.
0: All right. Yes. That
2: was a yeah. real right. yeah, yeah. challenge. A real challenge.
1: <laughs> that's so funny that being a challenge right as, as, as mean, writers of thrillers like, and mysteries valid. we've got to have things to shoot peep yeah. there's a country where they don't shoot each other what
2: am i you, gonna do you, you can't carry anything in your vehicle or on your person which is impossible that, that can be used as a weapon which anything can be pretty much used as a weapon you can't carry pepper spray or anything nothing so you kind of just have to have like ninja skills
0: whether it's john wick who Killed the guy with the pencil, yeah, right? Yeah, like anything you know, in your car so, right? could be, yeah. well,
2: lots of things could be weapons. But-
0: I mean, a tire iron, you know, that's 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 crazy.
1: <laughs> okay, I've got a, a question that you've uh, t- t- sort of alluded to a little bit. You wrote two books based in Cairns because you were there. Have you found that being in that different environment and culture has changed your writing style or has it introduced, widened, done anything different to your writing
2: I think the biggest change with living there for as long as I did was understanding how readers from different countries, what they liked as far as in different from what maybe a American reader. And even more than that, if I tested graphics or covers the one that was number one over in America was never the one that they would pick over in Australia. So I kind of had to learn how to, I never really gave it that much thought, but now I understand. Like I remember seeing a bunch of covers Stephen King had for one of his books, and it was all different from every country, and I didn't really get it, but now I do. Every country has something a little different that is appealing to them for the genre that they read in. It's not the same. So I started incorporating that with my books as well.
1: That's amazing. I never even would have uh, thought of that. So that's a a great point. And have you built quite an audience in Australia and New Zealand now?
2: I did. I I actually worked with someone over there that was a publicist for uh, last year. And I started targeting them as well as far as ads and uh, marketing over to Australia. And I, I just think it's, I think there are a lot of markets like that outside of the US that are not being targeted as much. It, it worked really well, well for me and I've built quite a good audience from there. Even the, given their size, it's. I have a pretty decent Australian audience. I remember meeting with a Kobo rep and she's, it was probably right before COVID. And she said, can you explain to me why your Australia sales have gone up by 800% in the last year? I said, yes, I can. (laughs) I live there now.
0: (laughs) Well, then have you, uh, have you tried to, have you tried to take that with, uh, and direct it at other countries besides Australia, like, you know, Germany or.
2: A little bit. I had a, a ghost mystery series that I just wrapped a couple of years ago. And I actually had, uh, it was tra- all translated into Jern by a German publishing company. They did a contract with me for that, and so that helped me understand that market a little bit. But I, don't you feel like there's always so much more to learn about the other markets? It really took me living in Australia to go, "Oh my gosh, they don't think like us." What?
0: <laughs> so, like, so you have several series too? So, we kind of jump off of that. But you have like, uh, so what? I mean, like five series? Is that right? And some standalones?
2: Or I have three main series, but the first series I ever wrote was the Slow Monroe series. and there are two spin-off series to that series. There's one that I co- that is co-written with my editor, my line editor, she wanted to get into writing. And so we, we took my main character and her like best friend sidekick. And that's what that series is about. And then the seven deadly sins is another. I only have one more to go on that because I found that even though I started writing this new character a few years ago, which is Georgiana Germaine, my readers still really love, don't they all love like you're the first person they ever read? The oh, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't want to say like, well, she's done. So I was trying to find really creative ways that I could still write what else, I, other things that I want to write and move on from that, but also still give them bits and pieces of her from time to time. So writing shorter stories has really worked for that. So that's what I've done.
0: Well, so that's kind of that going to be my question to you as well. So how do, you, how do you divide decide the timing of releasing the different series that, that you want to write? Because you do have the main one, like you said, the, the one that everybody grew up with, and they, they love that one. And you, and you want to keep writing it because it probably still makes you some money. Um, but do you have other things you want to kind of do some spinoffs? And-
2: I've been really shocked with the release coming out yesterday because it is a pretty short story. And I did nothing to market it, really. I was just like, here, Happy New Year, you guys. I've been surprised. <laughs> and I thought, I need to be writing these more often. <laughs> so what I really do, is I know <laughs> when I start a year when the Georgiana Germain books are coming out. I know the exact dates of those two books, and I work everything else around them. So that I because those two deadlines are are the hard deadlines. Novellas are like, well, I'll, if I get it done really fast, I'll put it out. If it takes a little longer, then I'll put it out. So everything is based around the newer series that I'm writing.
1: And you're putting out two a year, you said of those.
2: Yeah, some some years it's two, some years it's three, um, just depending on when the first book comes out. And then sometimes I can squeeze in three in a year easily if I'm not doing a bunch of other things. But generally, I am. So,
1: <laughs> gotcha. So I have a question for you. So this is uh, this is always interesting to find out where people pull this stuff from. So as we all write books and we put a lot of words on paper, we have to come up with lots of names. Of uh, your main characters are the same, but there's always a whole cast of characters that, in every book that are new names. Do you have a special method of pulling names? Do you make a short list that you have on hand? Do you have any system?
2: This is where my OCD is going to shine right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm being honest, once I know the age of the person, I will type in baby names from 1972. You know, most popular baby. And I'll go through like a list of like maybe 500 names and maybe pull out something like that. And then if I know the type of person that they are, like just kind of what they do in life, a little bit about them, then I kind of try to match that with a surname that would match that type of person. For my newest series that's not really new, it's been I've been writing it a few years, that main one is Georgiana Germain is her name. And my daughter actually helped me come up with that because I now have two grandbabies that are two and four, and they call me Gigi. So Georgiana, oh. yeah, really, she's Gigi in the book sometimes, depending on the close people that know her or Georgiana. So it's a short form of Georgiana. So that's like a special little thing that's in, that's in that series.
1: I just have a character in my new book, Georgiana. Georgiana Ashford. So, Doug, do you have somewhere you pull names from? Where, what's your go-to?
0: So, when I started out, I did it like, oh, what's right next to me? Oh, there's a Maxwell House coffee. I'll go Max. Um, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Nowadays, it's it's different. Especially, like, I've got a few that I've set in like, my last book was set in Mexico. So, I was like, all right, Mexican names. But I wanted to kind of narrow it down. I actually use Chat GPT, which I just would type in, I want names of males who live in Jalisco state Puerto Vallarta who would be 35 years old and it would spit out like a whole list of them and then I would just copy them down and then I would weed out the ones that were stupid because chat GPT can sometimes be really stupid and then I came up I with would Bob. Use those Bob was the most popular <laughs> name in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it may be yeah. I don't know but it's like that's not gonna work no yeah or you know there might be seven different varieties of Rodrigo. And I was like, yeah, that's you know, but uh, that's, I've done that. Now I've done some other things like for the boat that Chase Gordon lives on is named Karina. And that's actually after a dog I lost a few years ago, um, who's just a fabulous, she was a great dog. And so I kind of wanted to memorialize her. And so she, she lives forever as his boat. So what more would you love than a boat and a dog? I mean, that's the best, you know?
1: I've uh, found quite a few by searching, uh, especially when I'm doing foreign nationalities, I search sports teams. So like if it's uh, basketball players or tennis players and, you know, Wikipedia will come up with a list of the champions over the years or what have you. I've used that
0: quite a bit. Somebody recommended it not that long ago to me to watch the credits on movies.
1: Yeah. And pull out names.
0: And just pull names because there's, I mean, and I was like, that's a brilliant idea. Like there's, there are like 4,000 names right there that we could just pull out. So
1: Wayne Stinnett told me uh, uh, one time that he uh, goes on Facebook and scrolls down and goes to like the 10th post and whatever the name is of the person who posted it or mentioned in there, he'll take that name. So he has some men that have the name Shirley, which because it didn't they were the 10th one, but, uh, but I think it was You works could
0: out. also use uh, I had a friend who used every time those bots would, would he try to friend me on Facebook or something like that? He goes, Oh yeah, I use them and kill them off in the book. My wife thought the same thing. Hey, every time some has tried to send her a penis picture, that's the one that goes in. Let's
2: kill him. <laughs> oh,
1: that's, so that's a great question. Come on, Cheryl, uh, uh, fess up. Have you killed off people that you really wanted to kill off in your books?
2: Yes, but they're not, yes. they're not, they're not the name of the person because I always say like, I don't think they deserve to be in my book in any kind of a, a way. They, they don't, deserve to show up like that. So it might be somebody that's a completely different looking person with a different name, a different age. And then they just have really sweet justice when it comes to the death. <laughs> Not too fast. They don't have to die off fast like other characters.
0: Yeah, That's right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, they
0: fell into a, wood chipper. Oh, and they didn't all the way through. It's just kind of part way. Be warned
1: people, don't cross (laughs) us. You're going to (laughs) die. You're going to die in a book. I use anagrams and I've taken two names and put them together and stuff like that. So yeah, I've gone after quite a few people. (laughs) So Cheryl, what's coming up next? You're going to do two of your Georgiana uh, series this year. When's the next one coming out?
2: The Next one comes out in May, and hopefully, before that, my co author Jen and we're we're gonna put out it would be the Sloan Monroe Parallel Waits number five, and then I will also be writing at some point the seventh and the seven deadly sins, putting that out. So,
0: do you stop at seven?
2: Yeah, because there's only seven. <laughs> well, there's, Doug,
0: there's seven. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna, gonna do? Honest. Just add an eighth.
2: I went to the traditional. You might be people. like
0: she could start all over like, hey, seven deadly sins two. Yeah, what would be the eighth deadly scene?
1: Dithering? Look, stupid idea.
0: Look, we talked to Audrey Cole. She had the final hunt and now she was gonna that's do another true, one. Yeah. It was like
1: <laughs> the final or hunt. The final hunt. Yeah, the final hunt after the after the last one.
2: You can go through the that is an idea I hadn't thought of because They are just quick little books that I can whip out in no time. And they're pretty well received because everybody already knows the character for the most part. And so they kind of sell themselves because of the audience that's already built into them. So very good idea.
0: Well, you know, J- James Patterson started off with the whole like nursery rhyme thing, and then he finally was like, ah, "I'm out of them. I'm just going to just call it, you know, Triple Cross." Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, he was doing the, you know, "Roses are red, yeah. kiss the girls," and then he then he ran out of them. And he's like, "I got, you know what? I, who cares? I'm James Patterson. Yeah, exactly. off, kiss my ass."
1: So <laughs> you could start combining some of the sins, so you could double up a couple of sins
0: Ooh, uh, that's an to, idea. to
1: to go repeats.
0: Little sloth and lust.
1: (laughs) Sloth lust. That's a a ma'am. I'm pretty sure I've seen that (laughs) ma'am. Very slow sloth. All right, Doug, get out your toy.
0: Ah, All right. So we have one final question for you from our magic wheel. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's see if I can
2: think of a quick reaction.
0: Yeah, you don't know what it's going to be. It could be anything. Because I just changed up a few of these that it, it was a good spin too if you could have any superpower what would you what would you do
2: I would totally be a witch <laughs> like I would have magical oh
0: witches. my god that
1: was instantaneous too wasn't it I'm a witch
2: <laughs> <laughs> i that is the next series I want to write when I feel like I've been plotting it out but for a long time and I just haven't
0: done it like so like a like a samantha Sabrina kind of witch or like the ones that run around in the woods you know, with their boobs out, sacrificing things. Wait, they do? I I need to watch some witch movies.
2: It's kind of like Twin Peaks meets Veronica Mars type witch. You know, she solves like a witch that maybe could solve murder. So he still could be murder mystery with like a magical kind of, yeah, absolutely. I would love to do magic potions and then put spells on people. 100%.
1: Well, this is brilliant, Cheryl. Thank you. Uh, uh, Welcome back. Welcome to America again. And thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: What a lovely lady. She's so cool. Isn't she great? She's so nice. I've met her a couple of times at Nink now, and I know you've hung out with her and uh, the the little gang that she's in, the little uh, conference gang.
0: Make it sound like they're like gonna go out and like fight the other gangs or something like that. Yeah, little head to head. And, yeah, little
1: knuckle dusters and stuff like that. Uh,
0: Jillian, Jillian, Dodd, and uh, Jen, and I would not put
1: anything past with Jillian Capri
0: at the very best. Oh, Jillian, keep running, or Jen. Yeah, well, oh my God. Yeah. though my gosh. Yes, there.
1: Yeah. So there's. Something. I think. I think what what they get up to at these conferences needs to to stay unsaid. Otherwise, the witch will be on the floor again. That's what happened. <laughs>
0: Quite fun. So yeah. Hey, you know what this is? I heard that this is the last episode of our season. How ridiculous is that? One, We've been doing this a year. One year. A year. I know. There's virtually nothing I stick to for a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean that's awesome. I've enjoyed it for a year. I think it's been it's been so much fun hanging out with you and bullshitting with people. Who are willing to come on and talk? That's to us, so.
1: that 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 amazes me. We've had some people who we have no right to, to ask to come on the show who've agreed to come well, on the show,
0: like Cheryl Bradshaw, like, like Cheryl Bradshaw. An, you know, like yeah, this, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I so, know. It's I actually that's not true. We we we've gotten you know we got to know some great people doing this. It's been uh it's been a lot of fun and learned
1: so. a lot. I feel like we learned a lot. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, you don't sound like you've learned anything to me, but <laughs> I feel like we've, we've learned some stuff, and we've tuned up the show a little bit and uh, made it a little punchier and concise, I think. I think it's, it's good, ready to go dive into Season 2.
0: We're going to keep going. I am. It's going to be awesome, yeah. So, and uh, who knows what we're going to do next season. I think we have a whole nother year between now and Season 3, so I figure it'll be exciting. It will be. It's going to be good. And we're going we're to make a couple of little, again, little
1: tweaks to the show. We're going to have, we've got some great guests coming up and, uh, we're going to direct it a little bit more with our, uh, our guests have got so much experience to, uh, to share and that, um, on their path to success, how they've done that. So we're going to gear a few more of the questions, um, to, that that might be helpful to uh, budding authors out there or successful authors. I learned something from everybody we have on the show. That's absolutely
0: true. Yes. That's been great. Yeah.
1: And, um, I, I wouldn't, I hate to call us accomplished, but uh, we're both making a living writing books. So we are
0: accomplished. You Self deprecation is bad for you. You should know that. Well, I'm
1: British. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
0: what we do. <laughs> I mean, that and you take over the world and other places. Like you, that plant your we flag used
1: and, to do that. We don't do that anymore. We play nicely. They made yeah. us give us give it most of it back after uh, WW two. So uh, we don't we don't do that anymore. We play nice. Other countries are doing that, but we're not anyway. So wow, that's true. What has been exciting in your world, though?
0: Wow. Well, I mean, I've just been. I'm on a downhill run. Trying to meet some deadlines to finish up Red Light at Night, which is the next Chase Gordon book. So that's that's going to be exciting. It comes out on March 1st. But where did you, you just come back from? I, oh, I was getting ready to say, I just the most fun was I, I was doing some research and we, uh, my wife and I went down to Columbia and spent a week in Cartagena to research the next Corsair novel. Not it's South Carolina
1: things. people, Cartagena, south, south America. Yeah,
0: they, they have signs. Everywhere that say it's Colombia, 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 yeah. So there's just there's two O's, not an O and a U.
1: I screwed it up Columbia. and spelled it wrong in a book one time, and uh, it, it someone corrected me.
0: I'm gonna have to be careful as I keep spelling Cartagena wrong. So that that's also yes, it's always it's always fun. Uh, yeah, but no, it was so much fun. I mean, the Colombian people were amazing. It was uh, it's such a beautiful city, and there's a lot of interesting things that go on there and there's not a lot of english so that was i was also fun like you know listening to uh cheryl talk about trying to go someplace where you know english is a that was not the case i was i was my my poor pigeon spanish struggled (laughs) um but i managed to order a lot of mojitos and never starved there you Uh, go it was it was a lot of fun yeah so, how about you, sir? What have you been up to? Well,
1: as you mentioned at the intro, uh, Lighthouse Point just came out and it's a, uh, it's, it's it's kind of a passion project for me, honestly, because it involves diving and the other timelines in 1970 uh, motor racing stuff. So, it, it was just a joy for me to write. And it, it's been interesting, the response. So, it's been a little polarized. There's some people that are just like, oh, it's too much car racing in it. And I think it's just one of those switches. You know, some people are, uh, they, it's not out of line with what I normally write with the AJ Bailey series at all. And, uh, um, but it just happens to be that subject matter. And some people just aren't interested necessarily in that subject matter, but, uh,
0: so what I, what I hear is those people are wrong because (laughs) I've read your stuff. It's brilliant. I like the car racing, and I don't even like car racing. So, well, I hope
1: I've written it in a way that if uh, people who aren't interested in car racing will see, it's like many other. Th- so, you know, a lot of non-divers read about the diving in the AJ Bailey books, and they and they enjoy oh, yeah, it. absolutely. You don't have to be a diver. You don't have to be a car racing fan. It's. Uh, uh, I think the story has a good backbone that carries it, but it's. Uh, but I'm really proud of it, and uh, I enjoyed writing it a lot. The yeah. Uh, AJ Bailey fans have been uh, really nice, really complimentary, and so it's going well. It's been my best uh, best launch
0: yet. And I so. have to say, like, I will say, like, your uh, if anybody follows you on Facebook, and if you are not following Nick on Facebook, you really should. He has the best pictures most of the time. Although you haven't done a lot of diving lately, so I know we got to gotta, that. we got to get out to Catalina and
1: get diving here.
0: But, man, his you know he's got some new ads up that are that show AJ and those pictures. Perfect for what I would imagine her to look like. So I was like, hmm. took
1: a long time to get that, but it's uh, how how I picture her in my mind. But it's they're perfect. Yeah, I'm
0: telling you, she's my little book crush right there. <laughs> so. Nora's too young for me, so I got. Yeah, that would be a bit awkward, <laughs> huh?
1: That would that would be a bit weird.
0: So is she twenty? Yeah. She's twenty now. Yeah, well, yeah. I would like to know what Nora's favorite Beatles song is. <laughs>
1: she... She'd just look at you and walk away.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, see, that that wouldn't work. Yeah. Like like can you imagine she'd be like, ah, uh, uh, the Beatles. Yeah, be, uh, yeah. Yeah. So AJ probably has a good Beatles song. I'm I'm figuring obla de obla da. But I I could be wrong. Ah, that's a good
1: question. Yeah. That's a good question. You knew she grew up in a household that played the Beatles, so um she'd have one all right thanks everybody thank you so much for supporting our show uh, it means a lot to us and uh, we made it through a season one so uh, tune back in for season two and um thanks again to cheryl for coming on and check out the show notes for links to our books social media and our guest information look for new episodes every two weeks
0: absolutely so and until then that's you be cool to each other and fair winds and following seas
1: You've been listening to the Two Authors Chat Show with Nicholas Harvey and Douglas Pratt.